0: Hello, I'd like to welcome everyone to We Go Again Podcast. It's Kristen Smith coming back from the Far East and he's back in Gainsbury this week.
1: And back here in Corsair, Kittlow, West London, it's me, Rob Overfield. I'm looking for things to talk about and I don't think we're going to be short of that this week.
2: I'm here in Bartra, it's me, James Barterby, and um, yeah, I, I say we just push the button on Rob and let go. <laughs> Oh dear! That doesn't sound good <laughs> for
0: everybody, does it? No. Good for right. me, Christopher. i was still a bit jet lagged, so <laughs> <laughs> I'll be more than happy with that. So, sorry about missing last week. It was uh, it was an absolute killer for me uh, coming back from Singapore. So yeah, that's why man. we do it. Um, let's start with uh, how many swear words do you think you can fit in a four-minute interview? oh i could
2: um i could i could go a few i think <laughs>
1: I, i'm sure you've heard a few in your time james especially given the industry you're working yeah I'm, i think oh, you've goodness. heard a few i think you've heard a few but it's just uh
0: yeah you'd be looking
1: at a few well i mean i i i couldn't because i don't because really, that's not something i really I really got really do so you know But it's not something
0: you'd normally do for the radio, which is what Michael Jolly uh, at Grimsby Town, uh, he's just left, by mutual consent, uh, he's left the club, um, uh, been announced by John Fenty, because Jolly departed after a radio interview from BBC Radio Humberside uh, on the October 19th um, defeat to Leighton Orient. Um, He swore 58 times in four minutes. Cool.
2: Yeah, that, that's, that's we'll say, that, 15 times a minute, isn't it? That's, um, yeah. That's impressive, considering <laughs> he probably wasn't the only one talking for those four minutes.
1: Although, by the sub, when given Radio Humberside, I don't know.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, you'll have more uh, experience of that than me. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's, um, I mean, to be fair, if my club lost 4-0 to Leighton Orient, I'd be uh, effing and jeffing a fair bit as well, to be honest. <laughs> but, oh dear me, it was a case of,
1: yeah, it, I mean, I can understand his frustrations, you've just lost, you've just been given a 4-0 a turning over, but even in that situation, you know, most managers manage to remember the media training and just, you know, play straight back to everything and not commit themselves, not say yes, not say no, don't con- don't condemn the players. Don't blame anyone. Congratulate the other team, and so on. You know, but to go off the deep end like that—it's, oh, uh, yeah, it's just a bit extraordinary,
2: really. Yeah, I, I mean, the 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 audio has um has been leaked online. So, um, if anyone does want to go and listen, I'm sure it can be found somewhere. Um, I've not listened to it, um, but. Yeah, um, I mean, he he, uh, he kind of managed to save himself that and come up with a, a, a way for him to kind of resign the old mutual consent sort of thing. And um, I guess that gets him a little bit of compensation, maybe a little bit of a payout. Because mm. um, there's no guarantee it would have come to a gross misconduct, apparently. So um, although by the sound of what he was talking about, I think it probably was grounds for gross misconduct but um yeah that's uh it's an, it's an interesting one um i'm sure if i um swore that many times i'd I'd be out of my ear <laughs> mm-hmm. i think most people would no matter what position they had no matter where it was
1: you know even if it was something you know is an incident in an industry where it's you know it's not really a big thing say like construction or you know similar things Depending on the recipient as well, but but you know, to a to a radio journalist as well, the possibility possibility of a broadcast. I mean, I've, we, we don't really know whether it was actually broadcast or whether it was a rec- whether it was just recorded for delayed transmission, which sometimes does happen. I think it probably could have been the latter, because if it had gone live, we'd have heard about it right at the time. And by the yeah, fact it,
2: that, it can't have been live. No. Yeah, of,
0: heavily edited, though.
1: <laughs> I suspect, <laughs> given the fact that 50, 50, 58 in four minutes, I suspect by the time we finished editing it, you probably wouldn't have much more than about 20 seconds
2: left. <laughs> you would just have one on beep wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah, not far off. it would it, be It'd be like uh, listening it'd be like listening to the radio version of an M and M song.
1: Uh, it'd it'd be about you know I think it'd be just about like listening to a nineteen twenties Morse code message. <laughs> 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 you know, it's just it's just you know, it's just I mean as I mean as I said earlier, all managers get get frustrated when they you know, when they have to talk about a scoreline like that. And, you know, it, it, it's happened a fair bit, you know, teams getting turned over by a big scoreline. And, you know, I suppose in some cases you can not excuse it, but you can understand it. But if you're going to have, you know, four or five minutes of doing that, just lock yourself in your office and just, you know, push the key out under the door until, you've, until it's all done. Don't do it, in, you know, in a place where, or in a situation where it could get you into trouble like this. House, I bet he, I bet he wishes, I bet he wishes he could take those four minutes back again. I really do. I feel sorry for Michael Jolly in that respect. He probably feels, you know, embarrassed. He just, you know, wishes, yeah. You know, he'd take, he'd taken a couple of deep breaths before he even spoke to the journalist, and you know, it was just, yeah. You know, it was just so sad for him to to lose his job in this kind of in these circumstances is yeah they'll not remember what he might have done for Grimsby Town they'll only remember this this leaked interview and that's sad in a way because you're judging the man not on what he did but what he said and that's always uh, pretty damning in many respects
0: but saying that they are sitting 18th in League 2 so it's probably not all um, all guts and gore. Are oh, they, they? are. Why have they only played fifteen matches? Hmm. It seems yeah. there's a, there's like three games in hand over the teams around them. They are sitting above uh, Scunthorpe, which is always uh, going to be good in the uh, uh South 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 Hummer's side. Sorry, North Lincolnshire, North, Lincolnshire. North, North East Lincolnshire derby. Uh, yeah. there, there is, <laughs> uh, but yeah, South side. um So that's interesting uh, to. to but it has gone through like that it was also interesting the opposition because he's he was manager from March 2018 so he'd had 18 months in the job so maybe he'd also realised things weren't working out for him and this is a convenient way it's not the nicest way but a convenient way um, to part company Um, because seven games without a win as well so they only finished seventeenth last season. It's so maybe it's not all not all good for him. And he's saying he's not had a bad record there, but he's also not had the greatest record there. Twenty twenty nine out of eighty six games as Grimsby manager is not a good record, really. I suppose uh, if you look at that.
2: Well, it's one in three. I mean, I don't think it's that bad for for, for Grim for a club at Grimsby's level, is it? To be fair. Um, yeah, it's, it's not amazing, but it's 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 not it's not terrible. I wouldn't have thought. I, don't, I mean, I, he wasn't. I don't think he was under any pressure other than the, than the outcome of the interview. To be fair,
0: well, he wasn't under pressure from the club. No, I think you misunderstand me. He probably realised himself things weren't working out.
2: Oh yeah, maybe.
0: And this the, the boiling over like that, he probably just evaluated himself over the weekend. Um... over over the time because it was last Wednesday when he had the meeting and Friday when they announced it he probably just came up with the idea of well this is only going to go one way I've not had the greatest run of form of late we're not doing that we're not doing that brilliant overall in the season so let's call it a day and like like Rob said leave them part on mutual consent Mm -hmm. terms it works out better it's always better to mutually consent to leave um like Neil Warnock has done, uh, than <laughs> it is to be Carl Fletcher, Who's Carl Fletcher's officially his first game in charge of Leighton Orient was that four nil win. Yeah, he watched from the stands, but he had had been appointed manager at that point. He had yeah. been appointed,
2: but he was only technically—he
0: you know, wasn't—he hadn't taken charge of the team. Yeah,
1: no
2: but it's, it's, it's strange isn't it because i mean it's not like he'd been appointed the morning of the game i mean it, it was 3 days pro- you know he'd been in, in the job for 3 days we just seen michael o'neill appointed start manager on a friday and he took the cl- he took the match on the saturday so how can he not be ready to take the match after 3 days it's that's a bizarre one um but yeah i mean mm.
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, it, it's it's it, it feels uncomfortable to um when it comes to talking about Leighton orient managerial um, departure yeah. after the, the tragic events over the summer with Justin Edinburgh, um, but it cl- it clearly wasn't going well. I mean, twenty nine days, all right. You can't, you know, you you could say it's harsh. You can't judge anyone, but I'm sorry if you're losing at, if you're losing at home to Malden and Tiptree in the in the FA Cup. No matter how brilliant that is for the competition and for for us three as non league fans mm. as well to see to see that from. From the uh, professional club's point of view, that's pretty unforgivable result. And, um, yeah, considering uh, they'd won, I think they won on penalties in one game, didn't they, uh, against Brighton? Um, yes. In, that yes. EFL trophy thing, um, the mm. Johnson's paint trophy, or the or, or, uh, what was Leasing, the Autoglass Leasing, trophy? When? No, it's the
0: Leasing.com <laughs> trophy.
2: Yeah, it was the Autoglass trophy when Huddersfield got to the final. <laughs> um yeah but they yes. played in
1: front yeah but they played in front of bigger crowds in
2: the otherfield yeah true <laughs> um i mean losing to Malden and Tiptree is one thing losing to Malden, and a uh, ten man Malden and Tiptree is um mm-hmm. yeah probably the final straw i mean they just they just said it just doesn't it just didn't fit i think um it, it, the you you've kind of got to, on one hand you could criticize for not giving them a chance, but on the other if it's clearly not working out then do you do you commend them for for you know for being brave enough to to admit their mistake this this quick and you know and and move on because let's face it they, you know they only just went back up next season uh, last season their yeah yeah their one and only aim is to not go back down again so you yeah. know it, it's, it's it's a it's a tough season for everybody at that club uh, after after just in Edinburgh and um, you know they, they, I think they're going to be a little bit twitchy it, all the time um, cause mm. the last thing they want to do is go back down into National League so um, yeah
0: they are sitting 17th
2: yeah so I mean they, they, they should be alright in the fact that there's obviously one less relegation spot but um, yeah I don't know there's only one club goes down isn't there out of League 2 this time Yes. and it's yes. going to be orange I think There's far worse clubs in that division. But, yeah, you don't really want to even be flirting with it, do you? So you could see it two ways. You could judge it harshly or you could commend them for for being brave Mm. enough to rectify Mm. it, knowing that um, that it's going to reflect badly on them, which, you know, it does. I mean, at the end of the day, they've hired him. So they must have done their checks on him. And now they've decided it's not working. So, you know, kind of got to... Appropriate blame and commend them for the brave decision i guess in the same breath it's a it's a it's a tough one it is a tough one and whoever takes over in the next few weeks
1: does have a challenge in in, in this situation but at least it's it's a recoverable challenge at least they know that you know, they'll have a transfer window to work in, Love you know, they'll have two or three weeks over Christmas to evaluate the squad that, they, that they've that they got at Leighton Orient. And somebody will, you know, an experienced manager, you know, who, who fancies a challenge at a club like Leighton Orient. And there'll be a few managers who'll see themselves in that light, you know, will have a chance. And um it's going to be interesting. You know see what see what candidates there are there because you're going to be looking at a manager who's you know i won't say good at working on a budget but you know there isn't going to be much money to spend at leighton audience there'll be some but there won't be much um, i suspect loan deals will come into it quite a bit um you're going to have a club that as you said doesn't want to go back down so you know there's still, there's still a little bit of ambition there it's going to be it's going to be interesting. I'll keep you overusing the word interesting, I've just realised. But it's going to be It's going to be worth seeing who the, who the new manager is, whoever it is when it's announced, to give us some idea of you know what Leighton Orient think they need well, for
2: the rest of the season. Yeah, the, care, the caretaker manager, Ross Embleton, is mm. currently the favourite. Um, mm. He's he's evens with a couple of bookies and he's odds on with a couple of others. Kevin Nolan's an interesting one. Uh, <laughs> oh, mm. and... Um, Mike, Michael Jolly's at twelve to one for enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, um, that really th- would square the circle, wouldn't it? Do you, do you know there's there's a couple of really interesting names in the the Paul Tisdale's been obviously been linked. Right. He's just left well, I said just left MK Dons a couple of weeks ago. Um, mm. Kevin Nolan for me is not. He did a brilliant job at Knotts County. He knows the division. You has been out of work since since late August. He him or Tisdale would would really be getting um getting me excited if i was a, oh. a uh, yeah uh, sorry i'm just looking as well uh harry kewell but yeah too, it, it'd be tuesday or, or nolan for me i think um, yeah either
1: one would uh, you're right james either one would you know it would be a exciting appointment and it would also you know basically give a declaration of intent i mean let's you know? let
2: are both out of work and let's yep. face it for League Two, they are both big, big managerial names. Um Yeah. So if you know, and Leighton Orient are not a not a small club. They're a
1: Ooh, no, 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 you no. know,
2: they're a grand old club. I think both of them would oh. be would be very, very interested. Um
1: uh-huh.
2: I mean, you know, Kevin Nolan played for did he play for West Ham? Do have I got that right? No? I can't remember now. Who did he play for? Um uh, Bill yes, Walton. He know. did play for West Ham, he did. Um uh-huh. so he's, he's you know he's no stranger to east london um so mm. yeah they would be the ones for me uh definitely if they can agree a deal with them um mm. but yeah we'll have to keep an eye on it and, and see how it goes um and and he
1: actually as recent as 2016 played for late Orient.
2: who kevin nolan yes yeah is that where he finished his playing career then well, technically no, because he was still he was regist- still registered as a player at Notts County. Oh, right, okay, fair
1: enough. He never, he, you know, he never actually made an appearance for Not- Notts County, but he was registered with with
2: them as a as player manager. Oh, he has actually managed them as well. Yes, yes,
1: yes. yeah. To, it's, it's the same thing. Two thousand sixteen, two thousand. Yeah. You know, he was player manager for Leighton Orient. So Kevin Nolan would be a return. Yeah,
2: and
1: it wouldn't be a name that would. It'd be a name that wouldn't be unknown to the late Orient supporters. It depends on the, how they see him, whether they would see him as, you know, a worthwhile appointment to keep them in League Two.
2: Well, like I say, it, I'm just looking up his because I didn't actually didn't actually realise he'd um, managed them. Um, I mean, he did all right. He yeah, yeah, picked, he did. Uh, seven wins, two draws, sixty defeats from his fifteen games. So, I do I don't actually know why he why did he leave them then I
1: wouldn't be surprised if it was only a temporary thing if it was
2: because um, 2016 signed a two and a half year deal um 12th of April two points off the playoffs he was relieved of his duties as manager with the role transferring to Andy Hessenthaler with the team two points off the playoffs he was he was effectively sacked as manager that's strange um, but yeah mm. and um, like I say, he did a brilliant brilliant job at notts county um you know mm-hmm. i don't think they would have gone down last season if he if he'd have stayed so
0: i, I think it'll be um we're talking think, about Leighton here aren't we yeah because yeah. kevin nolan's also odds on favorite to be the agreements with town manager no. okay
2: <laughs> yeah, i wasn't looking at to be fair i wasn't looking at their um no i just their, I just... their odds
0: no I' just so lucky it's just, oh, according oh. to Nottingham Post the ex Knox county manager Kevin Nolan autumn favourite to take Charles Grimsby it's, it's gonna so, be
2: the, it's gonna be the same though isn't it because they're massive massive names that yeah. that know that division so and they're out of work mm. but, yeah no, and Tisdale you know i mean to be fair Neil Warnock's in the in the running here as well, but mm. i can't see him dropping down to League two in not in now with due respect not now no um. But yeah, he'll be he'll be one to keep an eye on at both clubs. Um, but like I say, it's it's a fairly comfortable job to take on this season, because as I say, there's only one one team going down, and there are a lot worse teams than both Leighton Orient and Grimsby in that division.
1: I mean, uh, it's I think for Leighton Orient, it's worth another go. I mean, for his, the short time he had, three months, fifteen games, seven wins out of fifteen games. That sort of suggests somebody who's not stupid about the role. You know, he knew what he could get out of his players in that season. I can say having, you know, having won as many as, you know, as many as that, you've got to at least know something about what you're doing. So it wouldn't be a bad appointment. But it all comes down to the question is why was he, as it says, relieved of his duties at that point? Is there something, was there something going on behind the scenes that's confidential that we don't know about? That, you know, was there was something said. Was it something he didn't want to do or did want to do and the board didn't agree? That's the only thing that could stop Kevin Nolan. Is it the same board? I'm not sure. I don't know. I, don't, I couldn't tell you. But if if it was something behind the scenes, then Kevin Nolan's chances might be drifting. But if it was something different, then I suppose he's got a chance. Um, he does hold one rather unwanted record, though, on a personal level. It turns out Nolan himself is the player who has made the most appearances in the Premier League without winning an England cap. No, really? Apparently. Apparently. So if you think about it, he had all that time with Bolton and Newcastle United and West Ham. And yet he never played for England. Not at senior
0: level, no. Yeah.
1: So it's a case of his, oh, you know, yeah. I mean, he's represented at age group level, but not for not a full senior cap. But going back to late Orient, if the reason that he was, had the, you know, manage, play player manager role, taken away from him at the end of 2016 season was anything to do with behind the scenes, then I doubt he'll get in, but if it's anything else, I think he'll, I would like to see him of another go.
0: It would, be, it would be an interesting one to, uh, to go, on, go on with that. There are some... Big names have only had short spells at clubs, and uh, if you think that Dave Bassett only had four days uh, as crystal, manager, uh, crystal Palace manager in
1: 1984,
0: yeah. obviously Brian Clough only had 44 days at Leeds in '74. So it's not necessarily a bad thing for Carl uh, Fletcher yeah. to be able to move on to something else uh, to go with that. I think obviously the one who you who you, you gotta feel most for is Leroy uh <laughs> roasting in ten minutes at talking, as yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're over and immediately sacked. Yeah. Um so yeah, it's gonna be one to watch that, I think for both yeah. both those clubs. And yeah. like say James, with only having one team going down it it gives a a lot of uh a lot of scope for people to come in and experiment and try something but uh it's quite tight at the bottom there as well there's only uh, five points separating um Stevenage in last place mm-hmm. and scunthorpe in 19th mm-hmm.
2: yeah and it, it the grimsby one looking at the table might just appeal a little bit more because of as you said earlier rob they've got games in hand mm-hmm. so it, the, you could argue that they're in kind of a false position so if you could come in and get off to a fairly decent start you could soon pull yourself clear and you know, safely into into a nice little mid-table position, and even if you know, in fairness, win no three games in hand, and they're level with the playoff. So, you know, it's they they it could be seen as a little bit more appealing. Uh, just just you know, on on you've got three extra games to um, to get it right, if you if you like. You've you've got that oh. little buffer zone of three three games. So, yeah, yeah, yeah be uh, be interested to see which um, which way both clubs go.
1: Exactly, exactly. Uh, so, time will tell.
0: Yeah, so uh, it could be worse. Um, thinking of this with both Michael Jolly and Carl Fletcher, it could still be worse than that, because you could be replaced by the chairman of the club.
2: <laughs> right, this is my cue to go make a cup of tea while Rob goes <laughs> off on one. Well, it's one of those not things. not the only one.
0: The former Billy Rookie owner, G- Glenn Tamplin, has taken over at Romford. He sacked the manager, appointed himself as the manager, and signed 15 players within 24 hours. That's not messing about, really. But uh, it's also <laughs> probably not the, not the smartest move. I have to admit, after
1: Mr. Tamplin decided to leave, or should I say, sell, because that's pretty much what he did, Billy Ricky Town. It was a case of, well, where's he going to land next? And I think everybody was just waiting to see where it would be. You knew it would be in Essex somewhere. It wouldn't be much further afield than that. And it was just a case of, you know, looking at which club and, you know, what level, where's it going to be, who's it going to be. And, uh, you yeah, know, he's turned up at Romford. And... As you said, Kristen, he's decided he wasn't going to mess about. But for me, given what he claims, he, he claims he's learned his lesson from what happened at, um, at Billericke. And he's learned things and he's moved on and this and, you know, the standard kind of phrases from someone who's dropped himself in the lurch and is now trying to redeem himself. I'm not actually totally convinced. And my first thought was when I saw that it'll all end in tears. Where's it going to go? And you know, you just can't wonder sometimes about the guy. I mean, fair play to him. He's got, you know, he must have. A, he must have a skin. Well, I don't know. Must have a hide like three hundred year old leather. You know, it's just, it's just the way he's managed to. You know shug everything else off that's happened and still come out wanting to be part of the game again it just sort of makes you think you know who is this guy really you know it's, it makes you wonder why it's good job he hasn't gone into politics because who knows what he would have done then who we would have offended but Vonford you know, oh, now themselves as a club have had a bit of a rough existence because for the last 27, 28 years they've effectively been nomads they haven't got a ground of their own anymore but I think they've just been granted planning permission for a new ground of their own plus to home so you know that's something that will please them and yet I'm sure I read something in the non league paper and I'm just trying to find out where I put my copy of it where the manager that was sacked was actually quite positive about glenn tamplin coming in and i couldn't quite work out exactly his point what was he trying to say and um yeah as far as i'm concerned past history suggests this can only go one way Unfortunately, I'm not entirely sure which way that's going to be, and it looks a bit scary to me, I'll be honest. I feel, you know, I'm a bit worried for Romford in that respect because I wouldn't wish the, well, the view that the world have of Billericay on them because it's not been nice and it's not been, you know, well-received, especially in Essex. Because people did quite, you know, some people did quite like him. But given the way, you know, Mr. Tamplin chose to publicise Billy it was inevitable in the end, if it went wrong, he would be the one that would have to take it on the back of the neck. And indeed he did. But 15 players, signing 15 players, sacking the manager taking over as manager yourself okay signing the players fine that's what you know perhaps not in those numbers but i still the kind of think it's kind of thing i'd expect a chairman to do but to put yourself back as manager again i mean does the guy have coaching badges what does he think he know about football you know what how, how does he think he's a manager you know, it's, this is—I mean, this is not meant to be an insult to James, but this is not a kids under ten team where anybody can walk up and be manager.
0: No, it it's real life, real life football manager twenty twenty.
1: <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. I'm surprised James hasn't wandered off to play that already.
2: You said I'm not. I could get—I could get through a season by the time you're finished. <laughs>
1: oh. oh, oh. oh. Anyway, anyway, but like I say, I'm just I'm worried, I'm scared for you know, Romford in this situation. The eyes of everybody or nearly everybody in non league football is gonna be on them. Gonna be looking at them. And basically saying, What's Tamplin gonna do next? What's he gonna do? What's he gonna what make what crazy thing I mean is apparently and this is something, you know, It'd be interesting to find out what his level of team talk is. I think you had something on that, James, didn't
2: you? What was that, sorry? Oh.
1: Team talks. I think you had something on yeah. that
2: one. Yeah, apparently he did some bizarre bizarre, pretty much team talk saying the um, uh, that the opposition were, were sheep or something and that his players were his sheepdogs or something. I'm, I'm sure it made sense in his head, but yeah, it's... Um, it's arse, to say the least. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm just reading on, on the Daily Mail website that he, 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 he um, sacked, yeah, so it's within 24 hours, coach and staff appointed himself as boss. I'm assuming he sacked himself by now as well and rehired himself. Um, he sent home 12 players on the eve of the match for being late. Um, yeah. And, the game was almost called off as well um and of course, the team they were playing, Cogles Hall Town, have another celebrity in um involved with them in a certain mr Roley um mm. but he goes goes about things in a much more low-key manner. It has to be said um he was actually at bracknell town the uh, a few weeks ago when when his team were were down there playing um but yeah, i mean it's bizarre to think he'd only been in charge of billerrick for 2 years isn't it because he it hmm. <laughs> seems like he's been there for so much longer than that um hmm. and yeah i mean it, i i honestly fear for the fear for how this is going to end up for romford as well but at the end of the day they're in the 8th tier the bottom of the division i mean it's it's, it's almost worth them taking this risk isn't it uh, you know the the club were um you know, then, not nothing to uh, to to really be optimistic about, is there? I mean, they they play at Brentwood Town, so as you said, there's the potential of a new of a permanent ground now for themselves. And mm. you know, as as long as he doesn't try bringing ex Premier League players and, and spiralling that wage budget up like he did at Ricky, then you you know, if he, if he's true to his word and he says he has learnt, which I'm sure he said mm. before. You never know, but a, a leopard doesn't easily change their spots, do they? So mm. I have.
1: I was just reading something else on um, Essex, um, Essex Live website, and just before that, he'd taken over at Romford. Uh, apparently, Mister Tamplin had um, had an approach, made an approach to Chelmsford City. And the um, the chairman there, John Holmes, basically said the club isn't for sale, and you know that's that. And I, I suspect the Chelmsford City fans are rather pleased that the club wasn't for sale because if it was possible that Tamplin would come in at National League South level, then oh my, um, you know, back where Billerickie Town were, the case of what on earth is going on with football, but. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where you know where Romford end up. I hope, I hope that it doesn't it doesn't destroy them. I hope it doesn't scar the club as an entity for life, for the rest of their existence. Because for all of Glenn Tamplin's wealth and for all of what he's achieved. In his business life, playing football manager with a real life club, which is effectively what he's doing, as you quite rightly said, James. He's not good, you know, in, in, for, you know, for any club. Yeah, he's got the money, but he's not one of these owners that can just say, "Here's your money. I'll sit over here. I'll go sit in the stand." He's one of these that doesn't seem to be able to sit on the sidelines. He has to have his hands elbow deep in things. And for a you know, football club, that, that really in the long run doesn't work. He hasn't yet found this out. He blamed the supporters for hounding him out of Billericay. If he's not careful, he'll find it again at Romford. And every time it happens, he'll sit there and say, it's not my fault, it's somebody else's fault. He's not a person, I think, that could ever admit he's made mistakes or he's ever wrong. It's somebody else's fault. They don't understand that this is what I'm trying to do. This is the way I want to do it. He would do far better and do far more for Rumford if he had just said, "Here's your wage bill. Go get who you go get who you want. Change everything round." and I'll keep out the way. A lot more football supporters would have time for him if he'd managed to do that, but he doesn't want to. He wants to play a football manager. He wants to basically almost be a modern-day Roy of the Rovers, except he probably can't play. But he does that through his son anyway. His son paid quite a few times for Billericay, and one or two of the supporters felt it wasn't necessarily on ability. So, you know, here we go again. Ready, ready-made ready headline factory ready-made press exposure and all for the wrong reasons
0: it's, yeah it's going to be uh, one one to watch he's been out of the limelight for a couple of months now so uh, mm. he's got to get back there somehow mm. but uh interesting that he's gone to romford i know he's around essex and all that sort of stuff um, but this is actually the third incarnation of the club, uh, which is something that's interesting, and they've they've been around in various guises since eighteen seventy six, uh, but then nineteen twenty nine they had to re redo the club, and then nineteen ninety two is the current club. Um, one thing, like you say, James, they're sitting bottom of the uh, the league, but they also play at Brentford. But I think they've had like twelve. Um, 12 different grounds they've played at in the mm. course of their history mm. they've never really had their own somewhere to call home and so if the same thing befalls them which is or befo- befo- befell or before before befell um, befallen that's right let's get this stupid language jet um, lag jet lag <laughs> <laughs> osset town where osset town have to sell their grounds to cover the bill they've just been landed with by the high court in a compensation claim by an opposition player who was injured while playing on his ground oh well while playing um against Ossett town so just just the background on this Osset town don't actually exist anymore mm. uh, they're a name only and uh, they merged as osset album last year to form Osset united but legally Osset town still owns the Inglefield grounds which is where the injury took place that's not the reason they've had to sell it the reason they have to sell it is that they have to pay 20,000 pounds nearly to um, Rhys Welsh who formerly of radcliffe Borough who broke his ankle uh, following a channel from Sam Ackeroid and he's the insurance covers the 135,000 pound bill for the actual court case and the associated costs but the compensation claim is not covered by the insurance so therefore Osset have to find these £20,000 to pay um, pay for the real now it doesn't say which court I've said the high court but I've just reread the article now it doesn't say which court
1: just says in Manchester
0: it just says a court in Manchester. Now, this may not be precedent setting, but if it is precedent setting, this could put a lot of non-league clubs in a lot of financial trouble.
1: It's, I mean, we don't really know a lot more of the background than what we can read in the news reports. And it seems as if this £20,000 is loss of earnings. I've just got one question that I would like answered. And it's probably got two or three parts to it. Why, why footballers did, pay so no, much when they're only part-time? No, I can't no, answer no, that. No, 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 that wasn't it. <laughs> that wasn't it, Kristen. And just, give me, just, give me first, just give me two seconds. The question I want to ask is, why on earth did Mr. Welsh have insurance? You can get insurance for semi-pro footballers to cover loss of earnings. So basically, because of that guy not thinking or should I say, thinking, it'll not happen to me, I'll be fine, and not taking out insurance to cover such cover loss of earnings, it's going to put a club in, in danger of losing the asset that they've got from the past, or because he, in some respects, was slightly negligent in not considering his future, given the fact he was employed, he was working. Why did he, it's advertised all over. There's a lot of companies that provide this insurance for loss of earnings for semi-pro footballers. And yet here we have somebody who didn't didn't take out that foresight, didn't use foresight and take it out for for a small fee, for a small cost every month. This is the problem. We've got players here who have been reckless with their future for the sake of 10 quid a month, 15 quid a month over the loss of earnings from the day job. I tell you something, a lot of these schemes now will have players at semi-pro level rushing to take out policies to cover their their employment away from the football clubs. And that's the thing. Semi-pro footballers now have got to get their heads screwed on because of this kind of action from somebody who didn't plan for the future. Football is a dangerous game, we know that we've seen people you know it's not got to the point of rugby where you've got people that have ended up as paraplegics i think it might have happened once or twice it doesn't happen on a regular basis but rugby sorted itself out and that's a far more dangerous game but footballers haven't and i think semi-poor footballers now need to wise up this is the world as it is these days people will sue your pants off just to cover themselves and as much as i understand you know you know, broken ankle, can't work, fine. But why did you not consider this might happen? Why did you not consider that at any time, in any match, this could happen? You could end up not being able to work. And I'm sorry, to me, that's reckless. And it's almost, you know, I mean, words fail me. I feel sorry for Osset Town in that respect. That they, you know the insurance company will pay the legal costs, but the but the the compensation for loss of earnings, you know, will have to be found some other way. And it's all because players, as a whole, as a whole, have not been switched on enough to think. Hold on, I'm playing football. One bad challenge, I couldn't. You know, I could end up not working, and who's going to support me? If they've got a family, who's going to pay, you know, who's going to pay for them? who's going to put food on the table? They just haven't been switched on enough to look, go hunting and say, "Right, okay, I need a form of insurance to cover my earnings if I can't work." And that's, this is, and this is what happens as a result. You know, clubs who are not directly, who are not directly responsible are having to pick up the pieces because of players not been switched on to the to their own future
2: well i mean i've just put in our little whatsapp group yeah, um yeah. a link to um to the same story because uh, I, I when you were oh. talking there about it just being a court in manchester oh. i just tried to bring up another couple of stories to see if it if if it did um be a bit more specific um and i found a i found a story on um funnily enough on on a local paper in my hometown of Fuddersfield. Oh. um that they've they've 'cause it's got a it's got a picture of of the tackle and it's you know nasty. It it looks a nasty uh nasty injury. Um but they've, they've there's a link in that story to the club's GoFundMe page because they've they've set up it now to try and uh, try and raise the money as you know which is the obvious way to go. They, oh. they're currently just over two thousand one hundred pounds. And the thing that interested me was the target is one hundred and thirty five thousand pounds. Now that obviously is the, the amount that the um, the court awarded in the um, for the legal costs and things, and apparently the club are liable for it because they have said that the league recommended insurance policy does not protect offset from damages or legal fees for the claimant should this case be lost, which it was, now leaving them with a hundred and thirty five thousand pound court order. So there, the insurance policy recommended by the league doesn't cover Um, what they've been claimed against so it just sort of begs the
1: question now whoever recommended that at league level are they necessarily well does that
2: now does that now does that now not shift the liability to them to the league because or to whoever recommended it to the league and some, well, why, why, is it, why does this fall on the club if they followed the advice from their governing organisation because presumably yeah. every club in that division has that same policy because it's what their league told them to get or recommended mm, and mm. it clearly isn't fit for purpose so why are the club liable for it well this is the thing it's going to raise
1: a lot I mean, more it's going to raise a lot of issues now is this and yeah. Um, I mean, I read something even today that the Northern Premier League have written to every one of its member clubs, just to basically say, check what insurance you've got and make sure it covers. with make sure it covers it. Um, you know, and it's as you quite rightly said, if they if every club if every club in every league check out the recommended policy that the league suggests to them, then. You know, everybody's going to have to be go over the policy details just to check exactly what it does cover. And it's just, you know, I still say a lot of the issues come back down to the footballers themselves. They are not taking their future seriously. They're not considering what could happen to them if something like this happens to them on the field they need to have some kind of personal injury insurance for while they're playing the game. Because otherwise this is going to happen time and again. But a lot of footballers won't dip into their pocket for 20 quid a month or whatever it costs to cover their immediate future. Should they be injured? And they need to start doing that. Clubs need, clubs need to start researching, need to start, investigating need to start coming up with policies for the players to take up to cover their futures because otherwise you're going to get examples where worst comes to the worst the player could be you know in some way disabled for life and need specialist care and that would come back again down on one of the clubs but i noticed from the artist from the link that you provided is it's um it was claimed you know th- th- there was a, there was a discussion about the actual tackle that was made itself and we we touched on it but it's just a case the you know the judge dismissed the photos as inconclusive hold on what does the judge you know how is the judge able to make such a decision? Make such a statement, make such a judgment on the basis of photos. He said, "No, it's not conclusive enough." The Aussie o- o- town are not proving the, not making the case. They're not proving their argument. They're saying it's an, inc- you know, that it doesn't follow the argument. I think the judge needs to, you know, I think he's going and Has he made a judgment based on non-footballing knowledge? How much does the it's it's an issue you've got you got lay people making judgments about about still images and admittedly that's all you could do in this
2: yeah i mean the referee to be fair wrote he in his did. report that he left the ground with a straight leg and excessive force um mm. doesn't actually say did he get sent off for it doesn't say doesn't it's say said that the match was abandoned doesn't say whether mm. Does it even uh, it doesn't even say whether Reece Welsh is still playing or if he's had to retire? Mm. Um, it, I mean, the, the the just over nineteen thousand in loss loss of earnings is. I assume that's from his from his day job. Um, mm. But like you say, Rob, surely he should have insurance for that, knowing that he yeah. isn't going to get sick pay from his job. I mean, if he's self employed. Is that what he is? I don't. Know. I don't. I don't know.
1: I don't. I mean, know. but not everybody saying.
2: gets. Not everybody gets sick. Pay no, self-employed well, is, or not, do they? So well,
1: well, well, If you're self-employed, you can't. I don't think.
2: And, and I, fair, I, I, think, you know, you, I he, think
1: you might know more about this, Chris, than what we do. But It's a case of if you're self-employed, that's it. You can't work. Yeah, you exactly. know. You know. So yeah, if you, if you're in that situation, and we do see a lot of semi-professional players working as personal trainers, you know, being self-employed that way self-employed builders, you know, tradespeople as well. And you would hope that those guys in those situations would understand if something happens to me on the football field, we're stuck as a, you know, my family is stuck and they would have, you know, kind of personal injury insurance. But there's quite a few footballers that you get the impression that this isn't something that they ever think about. And I'm sorry, but it's, you know, you wouldn't. Yeah, why would you put yourself in this kind of situation without making sure that if the worst came to the worst, you or your family would be looked after, covering the earnings that you wouldn't have through an injury on the football field. If you're not doing that, there's a little bit, it, it comes back to being reckless. You're assuming that you're going to be, nothing's going to happen. You're going to be okay. You're going to be able to manage. And this is an example of where that isn't the case. You know. £20,000 in earnings, for some reason, That's that could be six months, it could be three months, it could be a year. We don't know. But yet, in the end, a football club is going to end up being in serious problems because of, you know, footballers not taking care of the future.
0: But to me, this is actually goes more than that. The club, part of the thing is that they'll have been told by the club that we're insured... And that's what the that's what the issue is. Um, so from that point of view, that's where it's it's, been, it's going to be interesting to see how all this pans out in the long run. Uh, really. I mean, there's
2: there's one way to there's one way to to raise that money immediately, and that is for local big club to uh, have a friendly with them, and local big club that plays all in white. that uh, Seem to think they have a divine right in the Premier League. Um, mm, mm-hmm, yeah. They're not far away from us. They could, um, you know, give them a mm. give them a friendly, mm. or give them some. Did Wakefield
0: ma- Town play? in why? I didn't know that.
2: <laughs> do oh, they? Did- have a, do they? Do they have delusions of grandeur as well? Do they? <laughs> <laughs> they're, from, they're
0: from Yorkshire, aren't they? <laughs> they are. They are. They are. Mm.
2: But you know, I mean, there, there are enough bigger clubs in the area that could that could Do things, and you know this this could be raised overnight virtually, you you know, just by doing fundraise uh, fundraising. You know, even Mm. even a bucket collection at at somewhere like Ellen Road would would raise a few thousand just by the even one in five supporters chucking the uh, the pound in that they just got as a change from the burger or whatever that that would raise a few hundred, few thousand quid, you know. Mm. yeah it's a sad state but it goes it goes you know it just brings it home doesn't it the uh the the disparity in in football in the it does from the top to the bottom um you know 100 and 135 grand is a ridiculous amount of money for 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 us and for a club like that but for for other people it's um you know it's it's absolutely nothing is it Mm -hmm. it is
0: if I don't know, uh, you may have noticed it's the uh, international break. Uh,
2: yes, my phone keeps going mental because Spain just keep going goal crazy. I've, they're one of my favourite teams marked on my sports app. And my, they've scored like three goals in ten minutes. After beating Malta 7-0, they're now 4-0 up before half-time. This is a Spain team that used to win 1-0 every game. <laughs> ridiculous
0: they've been been taking taking a leaf out of england's book but i I don't want to talk internationals i want to keep i want to keep it uh down in a different level of football but i i don't know whether you realize that we we have non-league day and promotions at the start of october um yesterday the fa um were and this whole week in the fa were trying to produce make women's football weekend so women's weekend Mm. And they did actually see record attendances. So um Kingsmeadow.
2: Yeah, you, you had the North London derby as well, didn't you? Yeah. Mm. Well I'm
0: just I'm just looking at King Kingsmeadow, which I know you both know. Yeah. Um mm. sold out four thousand seven hundred and ninety. Uh, as Chelsea play there as part of their uh, their women's team, so they had a sell. So that's the largest ever crowd at a non Premier League stadium. So that's a massive crowd. Um, mm. uh, and I was at Anfield yesterday for Liverpool ladies uh, to throw it away. If you ever watch the goal, you'll know what I mean um, against Everton. And there was twenty three and a half thousand people there, and there could have probably been more there, but the club. But the club remarkably stopped selling tickets uh, for some reason but the North London Derby 38,000 fans Mm. which is a cracking number
1: so it's amazing when you think about it but women's football is the in thing these days and um, you know it's something that I think people are starting to recognize could actually do the football globally as a whole not just men's and women's but as a whole that could do wonders for a lot of for a lot of a lot of people a lot of countries it could just open up things everybody's now you know we've had football how long have we been playing organized football 150 years and it's only been the last last 40 years that you know ladies have been allowed to get involved it's a whole new, it's just completely new in many respects because people are still getting used to the fact of women playing contact sports in the way they are. You know, football, rugby, you know, women's cricket's been going on for years. But women's football, if it gets proper backing and proper support, it could be big. We've all watched games. I feel the most, the more skillful. There's, you know, there's less less tension in many of the games because there's no, you know, no harassing the ref, no giving it, you know, no giving it large. They just get on and play the game. And I've enjoyed that. In fact, I think I've watched more women's football in the last year than I've watched Premier League games. <laughs> so that, that just says things about me rather than Premier League football. But it's, you know, it could be the big thing if it's done correctly and it gets backed in a sufficiently major way in this country. You know, c- because it's something different and it's something that can be, have a positive influence you know, on football and on society as a whole. And I think it deserves what the FA is trying to do to it. I think it, it's a, something that's needed doing for, you know, for a few years.
0: I, I certainly like... Uh- uh, watching that and it's uh say some interesting interesting facts if you think of the sellout at Wembley that there was a couple of weekends ago yep yeah and then <laughs> and then they went to the Czech Republic and there must have been about 500 people in that stadium <laughs> so it's, mm. it it does show that it is it is taking off uh like we're about to take off it's uh, getting uh, uh late as we record so James football manager 2020
2: uh yeah so um as I said the beat has been out for oh, about two and a half weeks now just under three weeks but um, today as this comes out on the Tuesday um, the full game should be out at some point today the, um, it's usually towards uh, tea time in the evening so um, yeah I think it's out on all the mobile devices as well um, at the same time so um, yeah if you're into your football manager then um, definitely check it out so it's, it's again another improvement on, on last year's and certainly if you haven't bought it for a year or two then uh, this might be the year to jump back in it's absolutely brilliant they've even got dynamic weather effects and stuff this time so you've you've got um got lightning and and rainstorms and it'll change during the game the pitch the pitch condition changes during the game so it's it's really starting just to add those little layers of depth Um, small changes to make a big a big overall difference i think again this year and um, yeah i'm loving it um, so yeah, I have a little series out on YouTube with England at the Euros. Um, the um, spoiler alert, but we've we've got quite far. So there's an episode has just come out today. So if you follow me on Twitter at GamerJamesFM, you can uh, you can find it there. And the final episode of that little series will be uh, will be out. And with the emphasis on final.
0: That's okay, Rob. You had a bit of a rant tonight. It's good to yes. see the old Rob back.
1: Yes, I'm sorry about that, um, but yeah, it was just issues that I, I know, I just felt strongly about. But um, but yep, yeah, still out there on Twitter, still at big Robo. One day you, we might we might consider telling everybody what it's about. But in the meantime, what do you mean um, we? We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, to carry on what I was saying, James, In the meantime, if you haven't been too disturbed with uh, my rant this evening could we actually go out and read more of it in print thanks to the guys at the North Ferriby fanzine view from the allotment end in which there is a rather ranty piece in there and um, also still busy with Hampton travelling backwards and forwards and to bring it all back round in, in a sort of circle is the FA Trophy next weekend and Hampton go to Billericke Town <laughs>
0: again again (coughs) again
1: again because they beat us and kicked us out the trophy last season so
0: well well, you can always follow the show wegoagainpodcast.com or go across there to facebook wegoagainpodcast but really whatever you've been doing I thank you for listening